Hey, it's time for Priority Pastor. Welcome back to Priority Pastor. This is Darren Ride. Do you understand the weakness of your church's particular polity or governance methodology? I did a board training recently and showed a little chart talking about three different generalized types of church governance, talked about congregational governance and centralized governance and representative governance and talked about where the authority is and different examples of that and talked about strengths and weaknesses of each. So think of this little chart. I I don't have a chart, obviously, in an audio podcast, but you can do this across the top. Centralized, representative, and congregational forms of government. Under centralized government, the source of authority is there's a head office that's the ultimate authority, not like an Anglican church or Salvation Army. There's this head office. They're the authority. They kind of dictate what happens on the local church level. And if you ask what the strengths are of that, even if you're a very congregational person, you've got to admit there is some strengths in in some consistency, in some, uh, there's a, not a need to debate a lot of things. Uh, there's some clarity of direction, different, you know, it's, it's like a franchise model, I guess, in a way where every church is going to be quite similar. And uh, the weakness, of course, is the Achilles heel of that is that the ministry itself often can lose its localized flavor and emphases and uh, just the adjustment to what's going on in the ground at the moment. So some strengths and weaknesses there. Over on the other side of the chart is the congregational model where membership governs through congregational vote or in some cases some delegated authority where they delegate it to a board of some kind. An example of this would be a lot of Baptist churches, brethren churches, independent churches of every kind. Um, I just have to say as an aside though, some independent churches that profess to be congregational really are little kingdoms uh, run by dictators. And uh, this, this tends to happen from time to time with a lack of external accountability or authority. You gotta guard against that because you know congregational systems can actually go that way if there isn't a proper balance inside the governance system itself. So the strengths of the congregational system, high ownership, high involvement, uh, you know, very, can be very nimble. You can adjust to local situations very well. The weakness is that uh, sometimes uh, things are debated and discussed at the congregational level that really don't need to go there. They're, they're not moral issues, they're, they're minor issues, and uh, you can waste a lot of time by talking about too much and voting voting too much. Um, another weakness is that a lot of congregational systems do tend to default towards, you know, the squeaky wheel or the strong voice. And in congregational systems without external checks and balances, uh, strong personalities and strong voices can dominate even though it's a congregational system. Kind of in, in the middle there is, you know, neither centralized nor congregational is the representative system. It's something called a Presbyterian system where there are elected representatives empowered to lead, where a board of elders, for instance, is elected and given a lot of authority to make ministry and church life decisions through the year. And obviously being a Presbyterian system, uh, you'd see this in a Presbyterian church, you see it in the Christian and Missionary Alliance of which I'm a part. And the strengths of this is that it's a balanced kind of model. There's congregational input, um, but not, you know, not a requirement to take congregational votes on a lot of things there might be in a congregational system. Uh, the weakness is that sometimes 
uh, again, just as with the congregational system, strong voices and strong personalities can dominate. And uh, when the governance model isn't followed, um, people can just kind of get in positions of power and stay there. So in each of these systems, there is a strength. There are some strengths. There are some weaknesses, maybe several I haven't thought of right now. But really the point of this is to say, do you understand your church governance system? And do you understand its Achilles heel? If you're in a system, you probably understand its strengths. You probably understand why it's good and might even make a biblical case for it. But do you understand its Achilles heel? And are there checks and balances within your governance model to protect yourself, if you're a pastor, a board member, a congregant, or protect the church as a whole from those weaknesses? Those are the kind of questions that leaders actually have to ask because part of the role of church leaders, elders, is to both direct and protect the congregation. What is there in your church governance that you need to protect your church from? What are the weak points? Identify them, prepare for them, guard, guard yourself and the church from them. It's part of the job. Thanks for listening. Have an outstanding day. God bless and press on. Mm-hmm.